What's going on, peeps? This is Mr. Fretz of the Fretzelmania podcast, and you are listening to the Kings of the Rings podcast right here on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Don't forget to bow down and tip your crown. Coming up this week on Kings of the Wings podcast, Will Gray from Bot Spots and Chair Shots podcast comes to join the other Will on the show on Between Two Wills this week to discuss a couple of things like AEW's new partnership with Ch- uh, WWE, sorry, new partnership with Twitch, AEW's supposed rumored Saturday show, and of course, who wore it best, Brock Lesnar or Trish Stratus. So sit back, relax, and make sure you don't get stomped in the chest by Draymond Green. It's Kings of the Rings Ooh. podcast, episode 337, The Bot Spot, featuring Will Gray exclusively here on Wrestlatic Radio, and it starts right now. He didn't hit him that hard, too, by the way. I saw the replay. It's a bonus little bitch. Yeah, Draymond did not deserve to get suspended for that. I'll I'll argue that for the next two weeks or so. Ladies, he he did grab his leg. He did grab his leg and didn't allow him to move. I you know it's it's whatever. Well, okay, we'll we'll suspend Draymond because he had priors. Anywho, folks, welcome to episode three thirty seven <laughs> of the bot the bot spot of Kings of the Rings podcast. Of course, I am your host King Ricky Rose. I we are between two wills, or I am between two wills. This entire show this is going to be really really exhausting. We have Will the White who is with us. Will is six days without an incident, so congratulations, Will. But more importantly, as he said earlier in our pre-show he is a chef by trade a mark by chose the host and writer of bot spots and chair shots podcast and probably the most important thing he is a cancer survivor so congratulations to that ladies and gentlemen hey. will gray will how are you i am glad to be here i appreciate it to to you guys at kings of the ring and the wrestled addicts radio for having me and allowing me into your space um like I say in all my profiles, man, it was a long battle, but I beat cancer and I laugh about it now because that's all you can do. Yeah, damn right. Damn right. So it's going to be great to have you on the show. we got a lot of interesting things to talk about, a lot of business wrestling stuff to talk about, too, especially because Will, uh, Will the White, as we're going to call Will Tarashock this week, uh, love to talk about WWE and their really, really interesting business uh, endeavors. And I'm jealous, dude. I'm so, I'm so jealous of how they conduct business. I wish I could do that. <laughs> I, think we, I think we all do. But before we get into all that, Will the Grace, since this is your first time on the show you get to play uh the first guest game game hosted by the other will so this is going to be really really interesting it's going to be will versus will on the first guest game and it's about to start right now first guest game the questions every wrestling fan has to have the answer to so the question number one mr gray how did you get into professional wrestling uh, the way I got into professional wrestling, it goes back to the old days of Saturday morning. I would go to my grandmother's house in the, the late 80s, and we would hang out and we would watch the the early days of WCW tapings and NWA tapings and uh, the very, very tail ends of Georgia Championship Wrestling in that 88, 89, 90 range. Ooh. How old are you? 38 years old. 
Weird. God damn, bro. You look 28. You look my age. Yeah, you look great. I appreciate so, the shit out of that, man. Yeah, <laughs> like whatever, whatever, whatever shampoo you use, whatever you eat down there in Tennessee, like don't stop. Fried chicken and biscuits and like, <laughs> that's it, man. I did ask, I did ask, thought you were, you were my age. So incredible. All right. Your favorite wrestler currently and your favorite wrestler of all time. My favorite wrestler of all time is Mick Foley. Ah, oh, nice. Long Island boy. Uh, Amazing. I, I say there's a point in wrestling history where it's not necessarily about titles. Um, it's not necessarily about in-ring work, and it's not necessarily about, like, Mike skills. Foley is one of those guys where he's not anybody's number one in any of those key components as to what makes a great wrestler a great wrestler. Mm. But to me, Foley changed and revolutionized how people wrestled. And I think that's what makes him so important. I read his first book, Have a Nice Day, A Tell of Blood and Sweat Socks, when I was a wee kid. I'm talking <laughs> like early teenagers. And from that moment on, I was a Foley guy. The three faces of the Foley, anything about it. Uh, but also in reverse, for the opposite reasons, my current favorite wrestler is Seth Rollins. Um, and I recently okay. wrote an article that said Seth Rollins was the Babe Ruth of professional baseball. He's one of those guys. He might strike out every time, you know, every third time he comes up to bat. And Seth Rollins might take an L, you know, 40% of his matches. But then you're guaranteed a home run and a get grand slam, you know, 50% of the time or whatever it is. And that's the way I feel about Seth Rollins. He can chew nothing but L's, just one right after another, after another. And he's still just over all the time. Seth Rollins was this close to having the worker's curse put on him. Like where he's just so lucky and talented and deserves the fact that he's so charismatic and he can just change his character time after time after time. That's like, he doesn't need, he doesn't really need wins. Yeah, point. Like he's he just he can eat that L after L after L. He had the most losses out of like anyone relevant on TV last year, and we still put him in our top five wrestlers of the year. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's a skill. That's crazy. random statistic I put into that article talking about Seth was his lifetime career average. He's a five hundred hitter, meaning he's lost as many matches as he's won as an in his entire career, mm. and he's held a title almost fifty percent of the time. For active days in the ring. He's held a title. And think about, he went, what, four years in WWE without a title reign? Yeah. Like, it's just crazy to think about, like, the the career and trajectory he's had from Tyler Black and Ring of Honor to being the architect Seth Rollins today. I, I do love that you said Mick Foley. Mick Foley may not be number one in the ring, may not be number one in the mic, but he is number one in our hearts. Absolutely. Aww. Bless that man. <laughs> yep. The uh -huh. first Daniel Bryan, uh -huh. Mick Foley. Yeah, that that's absolutely correct. All right, let's let's continue on. Well, both wills. All right. Yeah. Um, the greatest match of all time. Oh, that's a great question. Um, my I would say my favorite match of all time, and what I consider to be the greatest match of all time, is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Macho Man at WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania. Great 3. choice. Um, great choice. The reasons why is uh, it's not. It wasn't the biggest story. You know what I mean? Hogan and Andre was always going to be the bigger story. <clears throat> but what made this match so important was, once again, it changed how wrestling matches were called. Because up until that point, wrestling matches, 98.7% of them were called in the ring. The guys were going out. They were running. 
you know, a match, getting time cues, but that was it. Steamboat and Savage said, we're not going to be able to be the biggest match of the night because of the story, but what we're going to do is perfect. So they sat down and they memorized every single movement in the match from rolling out of the ring to moving Elizabeth around the build. Uh, Fretz is in the, the chat talking about it, talking about how Steamboat got injured and then uh, George the Animal went after Miss Elizabeth and then Macho Man went after George the Animal. Then Steamboat came back to save him and it built to Mania. It was just chef's kiss. Perfect match. Perfect story. Perfect build. Original show stealing. Yeah, chef's kiss mm-hmm. for real, for real. Because I, as as Wilbur Gray uh, kind of talked about, they, they planned everything out. And if you've ever listened to or heard uh, Steamboat speak about that match... And Macho Man in and of himself, Macho Man was so meticulous with this match that it was literally like a numbered list of every mm-hmm. of every move, every sequence that they were going to do, and he forced Steamboat to memorize it before WrestleMania 3, so they would practice like, what is step one, what is step two, what is step three, weeks leading into WrestleMania 3. It was, it's absurd, it's absolutely absurd. Agreed. Yeah. Next question: uh, If you were a wrestler, what would your finisher be? Describe it and give it a name. If I were a professional wrestler and I were to use a finisher, it would be the traditional Jerry Lawler pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Still effective to this day. You would think about the fact that if you look at where wrestling was at that point, you still, in the late 70s, there were still territories. You know, there were 22 Vince McMahons at that point in wrestling. I say that a lot. Um, But the thing that made the Lawler Pile Driver so special was it had became such a protected finisher that the Tennessee Gaming Commission made it illegal to use in a match to, like, build the story and the lore behind it. So I think in true like Memphis wrestling style as a Tennessee boy, I would use that Jerry Lawler, just very straight stand up and drop pile driver. And that's what I would call it. It would just be called Lawler's pile driver. (laughs) Just simple and pure and just to the point as to what it was, because you know, if I used it, it meant business. Yeah. I love how there was just no hesitation. (laughs) No, I didn't give him a question this time. That's the hardest question of the first guest game. That someone's like, no one's ever thought about for the most part. It's like, if I was Russell, what would my finisher be? What would I call it? That's a good question. I go back with mine all the time. I wanted like a flapjack Batista bomb. Um, (laughs) Fretzel in the chat says Foley's pile driver, though. The thing I liked about Foley's pile driver, he did like the draping pullover style where he'd pull your pants up. Yeah. Yeah. And he would grab your trunks and pull your trunks back with you. Foley's was really unique. Lawler's, he would stand straight up and pick you up vertical. He would hold them for a while a little bit, too. Exactly. It was like a vertical position, and then he would drop into that really powerful sitting pile driver. It was just a work of art, man. I love Jerry Lawler's pile driver. Yeah, here's a bonus question for you. If So we know you're, we know you're a finisher, but what's your wrestling name? Oh, um, it would be El Pollo Loco. <laughs> I would put my luchador mask on. 
Nice. And I would wrestle in a Sriracha t-shirt <laughs> and some gray sweatpants and some Chuck Taylors. And I would be the ridiculous wannabe El Generico. I would be the jobber that would take all the bumps just to make the crowds laugh, shake hands, kiss babies, and put the stars over. <laughs> I might Unbelievable. Have, I might have to make you in 2K23 as just like a jobber talent. <laughs> <in my universe. laughs> just everything's the most basic things about me, but for some reason you can't help but love me. I never thought we would get a poor man's El Generico, but I think you have just created it. That works. That works for me. That works for me. No complaints here. Uh, next question. How did you find the podcast, the Kings of the Rings podcast? It wasn't directly me this time, I don't think. Yeah, you, no, nine times at ten, twice on Sunday, it's Ricky. Yeah. But please. We have overlapping circles. There's a few of them. Um, we talked about one previously with Kyle from Apron. Yeah. Um, we've we've crossed paths with Matt from Smacking It Raw. Oh, love those guys. Uh, oh, love that guy. Yeah, the, the so Smacking Raw guys are fun. So there were some circles that overlapped, and uh, I reached out to Mr. Fretz about coming on. I think if the order was right, I actually booked Mr. Fretz for my WrestleMania night one, like Fallout show before night two started. Before you did. Ricky came on the show with me. Um, because Ricky came on a few weeks ago after the fact. So I met Mr. Fretz first, then met Ricky. He came on the show. Then Fretz came on for the Mania Night 1 Fallout on Sunday. So I got on the Wrestle Addicts circle, so to speak, by two different points, uh, through Mr. Fretz and through Ricky both. Yeah, pretty much. We, we had a great conversation about the European title and the greatest European champion of all time, D'Lo Brown. For oh, sure. Who's who's uh, better than D'Lo? Don't say episode. don't say yeah. Bulldog. Don't say British Bulldog. I was I was about to say British Bulldogs. <laughs> actually, I dude, I actually no, not gonna lie. Uh, I watched that match the other night, Bulldog versus Owen for the first Euro- European Championship match. Mm-hmm. Watch it; it's a phenomenal match that takes place in Germany of all places. So, as it should. As it should. So yeah, I'm gonna say Bulldog. Fuck you. Whatever. Dealer Brown's better. <laughs> Speaking, speaking of fucking you, um, the last question of the first guest game, the most important question. Yes. Mr. Gray, are you Team Slack or are you Team Fuck You Slack? Answer instinctively. We're not going to explain why, we, why we're asking this question. I'm going to go with Team Fuck You there Slack on instinct alone. Everyone does. for some reason, I'm chaotic good in my nature. <laughs> So that could be a good or a bad thing either way. So I'm going to go with fuck you, Slack. That, that, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is the absolutely correct answer. Uh, just to give you some context. Sorry, Slack. One day someone who who actually knows you isn't going to tell you to fuck off. <laughs> Slack's been one of our friends, uh, one of our fans of a show from uh, from Canada, actually. Uh, yeah, click, clack, fuck, Slack. Yeah, click, clack. And he, has, he was the first person years ago to give us a uh, to give us a fan video shout out on Twitter. This is back when we were Yes, he was. Yeah, this is back he when He was. He's technically pre-frets. He was pre-frets. Um and he uh, he gave us a video. This is back when Will and I were in the same state and uh, our co-host at the t- our co-host at the time Dave were all in the same state in the same town essentially. So we would record together splitting a microphone with each other. Um, and so we saw this, yeah, we saw this video and we were like, we got to roast him. (laughs) (laughs) 
we roasted the fuck we annihilated to the point <laughs> to the point where I was like, how is he still friends with us? Like, how does he still like us to this day? We've had us on the show a bunch of times. It's always like at a last minute. He's always he's a good sport though. I'm not gonna lie, he's a good sport for all the shit that we he, give he, him. He 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 plays along. It's great. So we had we had him on for Slack's giving and said happy birthday. And it totally wasn't his birthday. We all totally knew it wasn't his birthday. But we all pretended like it was his birthday. <laughs> we have Slack's giving changes. Slack's giving changes every year, and every year on Slack's giving yeah. it's his birthday. One year was single day Slacko. <laughs> single day Slacko was pretty good. That's awesome. Should, should I, is, wait wait all right, Ricky. Yeah. Next time, next time, legit might be his fourth time being on a show. We gotta call it the Fourth of Slack. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I, like it. I think that works, dude. Hey, it's the Fourth of July. He's not doing anything. He's Canadian. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> they had their day three days prior. So yeah, yeah right. So I think we do Fourth of Slack this year. Fourth, fourth of Slack. Would be cool. Even if it's not the fourth time, it's even funny. If it's the fifth time, it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one that would know because I kill, honestly don't keep count. We we haven't had him on in yeah, a couple I don't of years. Remember, dude. I, I, we're actually on episode three thirty seven, so I got I got a botch for you on YouTube. It says three thirty six. Oh, is it? Does it say on which one? Uh, you uh, Kings of the Rings. Oh, okay. I'll I'll fix it in post. Whatever. Actually, and WrestleAct Radio. I'll, uh, again, <laughs> I'll fix it later in post. It's fine. Let's get into Ooh. Yeah, whatever. I, I can't be perfect every week. Um, so, yeah, let's get into this week of wrestling because there's going to be some interesting stuff to talk about. Most importantly, we're back to talking about Vince McMahon because it was revealed over uh, the weekend that Vincent Kennedy McMahon, still somewhat the head of WWE, uh, majority shareholder until the Endeavor deal goes through and all of that, uh, I guess finally due to public outcry because someone had to tell Vince something, he sent an email to the entire WWE roster, we're assuming just Raw and SmackDown rosters, and the email pretty much stated... I am not in charge of creative. I have no influence over creative. Triple H is the end-all, be-all of the creative decisions uh, for TV moving forward with WWE. So, Will the Gray, I'm going to uh, throw it to you. Do you believe this at all? I... I want to believe it as much as I can as far as it goes as the creative side of things. But you have to look at this from 40,000 feet on a corporate America standpoint. Vince being in charge of creative isn't what we should be worried about. It's Vince McMahon being the number two person in Endeavor behind Ari Emanuel is what we need to be worried about. I thought it was number three. Because he's going to be... The way I remember hearing it break down was it was going to be Ari Emanuel, then Vince. And then it was going to be like Dana White over the UFC and the PBR guy over the PBR <laughs> and Nick Khan over the WWE and the Miss Universe pageant people over them. And all of their little umbrellas have their president over each side of it. Vince, from my understanding, if it's changed, I'm not saying this is set in stone. Vince, my understanding was Vince was the number two. He's going to be ultimately the board of directors for Endeavor. 11 seats on the board, six to Endeavor, five to WWE, and it goes from there. So I think the bigger picture here isn't necessarily Vince in creative. It's the idea that when it boils down to it, Vince is back in ultimate control. Because with him having that power, he can forfeit and forego anything that he wants from the head of the 
the seat as the board of directors versus just the head of creative. This is a much bigger worry for me than just him being, you know, at Gorilla on Monday night. That is a great point. Will Tarshock? Uh, I say uh, Triple H is in charge on paper. Like Vince is, Vince may not have final say, but you know for a fact he has input. So from a creative perspective, yeah, his hands are still going to be in there. He's still going to do a bunch of shit. But if Triple H has the final say, does it matter? Honestly, does it matter? If, Trish, if Trish, Vince is saying, hey, Triple you should do this, what's Triple H going to say? No. <laughs> like, no, I don't think he's going to say that. I don't. It's his father-in-law. I don't know, boss. Vince. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, Vince, like, Triple H is on charge on paper to get the marks to shut the fuck up. One thing I wanted to mention last week, but I kind of didn't get around to it, was, like, we all said Raw after Mania was terrible, right? Yeah. Because Vince was in charge. Raw to SmackDown after Mania was pretty good. People was like, oh, Triple H must have been in charge. Then the next week, Raw was, like, decent. They're like, oh, Vince was in charge of this, and Triple H was in charge of this. It's like... That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. Do you hear yourself? So when the show's good, Triple H must be running it. When it's bad, oh, Vince must be running it. So really, this email means nothing because the internet's going to think whatever the fuck it wants to think anyway. So it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Now, to his Endeavor point, I think that's very fascinating. I'm on the exact opposite. This man's the best businessman who ever lived. He should be up there. Fuck yeah, with his stupid mustache. That, that was that was kind of the basis for Stop why we did the deal. Sex, Vince. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Yeah, he's also yeah. He, that was also the basis of why he did the deal because Ari is going to keep giving him some sort of power over his company, and that's that's all Vince wanted. To be honest with yeah. you, he found a way to circumvent the legal system yet again. Congratulations, and he's, Vince. And he's he's going to be more involved with the business end than a creative end. Yeah. Yes. Duh. Yeah. But to say he has no input on creative, I think you're a fool. Have you not been watching the same product for the past 40 years? Yeah. Yeah, wrestling isn't what it is today without Vince doing a lot of stuff that nobody was thinking of because Vince, for some reason, had the foresight decades in advance for a lot of things like a network and a big WrestleMania event and all of that fun stuff. Um, yeah, like I, I would admit my bias straight up. He has every right and deserves it 100% to be exactly what he's doing unless he does something actually illegal. Yeah. And then goes to jail for it. Not like this, oh, that's morally illegal, even if it was illegal. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's been for you. And with, speaking of the business stuff, and I, I, we have to double check because I think there's a Mark Shapiro who's president of Endeavor that might be the second to Ari Emanuel, but someone might have to check this. No, it's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> it's not Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> but be that as it may, there's also some talks talking about, speaking of the business part, that ESPN might be in the fold to start working with WWE again. Obviously, they have a work relationship with UFC. This is what needs to fucking happen. Because once, once the CNBC or whatever Peacock deal is up, yeah. they may need a new partner, which what they should do. Here's what they should Let's do for real, for real. What WWE should do, if they listen to this, take this idea, please, because I want to pay for it. <laughs> you, you have UFC on ESPN. You have WWE on Peacock. Sure. It ditched those deals. I don't know when UFC and WWE is up, so it probably can't happen anyway. And UFC has like a 10-year deal with ESPN. <laughs> In, in a perfect world where everything can happen the way I say it does, this is what I would do. You do a free tier WWE network with a shit ton of ads like they do anyway on Peacock. Yeah. So throw in some UFC content in there too. You do, it, you do a $15 a month tier where you get um, all WWE pay-per-views and what, what have you. And then you do like a $50 a month tier where you get UFC pay-per-views as well. 
That's what I would do. Cool. That that would that would have to mean that WWE would go over to ESPN. Yeah. Because UFC is locked yeah. in the UFC is locked in the ESPN. And and then and then ESPN could just make a new streaming service and call it TKO Network. Like like their new business is going to be called. Well, it's just all WWE mm-hmm. and all UFC. You can have Ultimate Fighter on there. All of Dana White's whatever he does on ESPN Plus. You can have all that extra stuff and the archives in one massive streaming platform and then just tear it off based off pay-per-views or in, or premium live events because you can still do the you don't even have to give it you can give it the pay-per-view model too and charge 50 dollars a month for the tier i wouldn't be surprised if that's what they do in like five in less than five years from now it's i think that's because i would pay for that you, i'd pay 50 dollars a month for that and i'd watch ufc and because the crossover is gonna be the crossover is already right? there the crossover with the fan base so. there. exactly the crossover is there with the fan base it's gonna be there for the creative it's there for business. It's just why not put them all in one in a killer streaming service? Even call it, you can take HBO Max. It's just called Max now. <laughs> <laughs> what about the the addition? If you look at it from the, if you want to add the ESPN to it, that goes into that whole Disney and the mouse realm of things. Yeah. So look at it from that side. If there's, you know, the, the Comcast Universal stuff falls through in a couple years and they don't renew the streaming service then you're right, Endeavor will need a new home for the archive and all the streaming rights and stuff. If UFC is already in bed with ESPN, that, I would say, would give the mouse the advantage on gaining the rights to the streaming WWE Network stuff when the Peacock deal is done. Because Endeavor and ESPN and UFC are already there. The odd man out with now endeavor owning the wwe is peacock yeah peacock is the odd man out now so when that streaming deal is done it's almost like you know mickey mouse and disney's just waiting for that deal to lapse so that disney can pick those rights up that's exactly what i think is going to happen because if we remember when wwe was looking to sell the network uh to what they eventually sold the comcast universal espn was a heavy contender to take up WWE's content. Yes. The, they just didn't want no off-season. Yeah, the, the only reason they did not do it is because there is no off-season, so they can't rotate their staff because uh, they would have to have full-time coverage of WWE, and that's something they weren't willing to budge, budge on. But I think, I think, now that WWE and UFC are in bed with each other, I think they will budge. I think they will budge because I think there's something even bigger at play if ESPN does take them over. Not only can you get UFC and WWE premium live events or pay-per-views all in one place, which would be the idea, but if ESPN and ESPN takes over WWE, they could potentially make, number one, make bank off of it, and they don't really need to make bank off of it because they're, they're under the freaking mouse. But number two, we could potentially see for the first time ever, the first ever live streamed on cable tv but still exists wrestlemania on the on on a channel like abc because that's under the mouse too it can be abc espn presents wrestlemania that will blow and it will be a huge it'll be one of the most watched events in history and you could still be able to watch it on the app exactly the streaming app and not have actual commercials and do those video packages like bianca or oscar or brock lesnar or whatever exactly if i was hbn i'd do that Think about ESPN with their apps and stuff with their multi their multi access points where you could be on your iPad and one app watching the same experience from a different perspective 
what than what's on your TV or on your phone, like the multiple depths that ESPN, because if you look at their baseball package where you can see like live scorecards and pitch counts and everything, yeah. think about what they could do with those kinds of that kind of technology, but used for wrestling. <laughs> Super kicks. <laughs> but also like think, think about, think about how they do like the broadcast for like the college football national championship where you have literally different camera angles, different broadcasts. Can oh you imagine? God, dude, you have like the WWE kickoff show with like JBL on the peak on P on the, on the app. And it's like Stephen A. Smith and Charlie Caruso Absolutely. on TV. All day. All day. But think about that. Imagine watching a stream of WrestleMania via a sky cam. Yeah. Can you imagine the visuals of that? Like you, because they've done it before at like WrestleMania 33, but they didn't know they had a sky cam. But imagine having that sky cam footage for the entire show. You can watch somebody's entrance literally from overhead. It would be absolutely absurd. And no one would be able to do that other than ESPN and ABC. Yeah, it would be. Hey, man, monopolies are cool sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I like I said, it, I don't. It's not out of the realm of possibility that might be within the near future for WWE and UFC is that ESPN just engulfs all of them, and it becomes it just becomes bigger than it already is. So. So yeah, I think Vince is gonna be a little more concerned about that than uh, what's what's Rick Boog doing on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for that man, Rick Books. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> Anywho, let's move on. Uh, so Kings, the King of the Ring tournament is no more, folks. Is also revealed over the weekend. Uh, is that they have changed the name of the King of the Ring uh, event, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia, to Night of Champions because they got to use it. They got to use the name before AEW decides to take it and, and rename their Battle of the Belts. So, <laughs> with that being said, Night of Champions is going to be happening Saturday, May 27th, weeks after uh, WWE Backlash, which they are already building to because that's like two weeks away. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's interesting that they do Night of Champions, especially because if Sammy and KO are still the tag team champions, they're not going to be at Night of Champions. Like oh, because Sa- Sammy Sammy Syrian oh, and he yeah yeah, yeah he's yeah ooh. he's not gonna be there. So I'm <sighs> interested to see what they do with the Night of Champions because Night of Champions is usually lauded as the night where all the championships are on the line. And clearly, this is a bit of a conflict right now. So how do we- is is it is it legit? This is like an actual question. No, I hope it doesn't sound ignorant. Let's find out. Is it legitimately dangerous for Sammy Zayn to go there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 If you actually look at it, he has never been to any of their events. I I, I know that, but it's like, it's not just a a preference, like a personal thing. It's like, it's like legitimate anger and hatred. I want to kill you bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause I, it's like, it's, yeah. Okay. I think if it was just a preference, he would probably still go, but I think it's more so he has an actual fear of his life. (laughs) okay so it's very 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 legit yeah (laughs) it's both fred's brings up a good point um semi being syrian isn't but part of the issue it's the fact that he was also previously muslim and then converted to any other religion whether he's a allegedly atheist or not once you're muslim and then convert out of the nation of islam because mvp has the same problem yeah that's why mvp can't go to saudi arabia is because he used to be muslim and now he's not anymore 
Um, so Sammy has those same problems. You add the fact that Sammy is of Syrian descent on top of it just escalates an already, you know, vile problem. Yeah. So it, it is it is very dangerous for Sammy. But all the other titles should be on the line. I That's guess. Exciting. Yes. And also Vicious and Mr. Fred's Arn Anderson is managing Wardlow. Yay. All right. <laughs> give That's cool. give Arn something to do. Congratulations for him. So Night of Champions should be an interesting show. Uh I'm a, and the the other interesting thing about Night of Champions is that May twenty seventh marks the one thousandth day of Roman Reigns' championship run. Exactly. Is on Night of Champions. Hence, what I, I think that is the principal motivator for changing the for changing the name of the event. Also, King and Queen of the Ring is a, such a stupid name. It's just long. It's too and long. It, too many syllables. Many and words. it meant nothing. And mm. it meant nothing. The last two winners proved that, and that's not a slight at all towards Xavier Woods or Zelina Vega, but neither of them won that award and then proved to be anything bigger than what they were. Xavier Woods was already an established star and needs that at least a mid-card singles push, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Zelina Vega was kind of the same thing. She's one of those... You know, one of those examples as to why the women need a mid-card title that isn't the tag championship. Absolutely. It's like you get me, Will the Gray. It's like you really do. Um, yeah, and also, <laughs> we had Queen's Crown, and Queen's Crown was a great name for the female King of the Ring tournament. It's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen's Crown is great. Yeah, the, the issue with King, King of the Ring tournament, which never really was an issue, well, not really, and then... Uh, Queen's Crown is that, again, like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, it leads to absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. What's the payoff? What's the incentive? A if bad you gimmick change for a few months. <laughs> hey, King Woods, he, King, Xavier Woods lived up to the King Woods gimmick as best as he could. He got hurt, then he got hurt, though. So, yeah, it wasn't his fault. Yeah. It wasn't his At fault. least he didn't change the whole way he spoke and use that stupid fake British accent <laughs> like Selena <laughs> Like a cup of coffee, you know what I mean? Like, Zelina, they colonized your people. What are you doing? Zelina's <laughs> from, from Queens. They colonized <laughs> Queens. They, they, they colonized Queens. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I love the... How dare you, sir? <laughs> I love the Zelina gimmick because it was part trying to be a British knob, but also was part I'm still from Queens, New York. <laughs> like she, her accent would switch with like if she was like playing nice she'd be all snarky but then when she got mad like the New York would come out I'm like there it is and she couldn't keep it together <laughs> that was that was one of the best things ever so Night of Champions aka the Roman Reigns Spectacular which is exactly what it's gonna be who even knows when he'll defend who even knows when he's gonna show up on TV again no one knows at this point no one knows as at all. But let's let's move on to more WWE business. It was recently reported as early as yesterday of this recording that WWE has entered into a working uh, partnership with Twitch, allowing their talent to stream on Twitch again. So after a long hiatus of not allowing their talent to be on Twitch, WWE has gone into a working partnership with Twitch where where the revenue is obviously going to be split three ways between WWE, Twitch, and and the performer. And the rumor is, I haven't read it all, and I think they haven't really come up with an actual press release for it, but the rumor is that the majority of the revenue created from these streams is going to go to primarily Twitch and the performer with WWE getting a getting whatever's left. So I'm assuming it's going to be like 40, 40, 20. 
I'm assuming yeah, that's what's taxes. gonna be. It's it's just taxes. This is just yeah. W saying like, hey, you're using our likeness, tax, which I understand, but I still fucking hate, because because they're independent contractors, they shouldn't technically be allowed to do this. Yeah, but the the issue is it goes down to the contract that they signed, and yeah, it, it's yeah. it's no, we, we've 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 had this conversation so many times, yeah. and I do I do flip flop back and forth a little bit because as a talent. Like I, I say fuck this, but as a business owner, I go yeah, tax, yeah, I'm using my likeness. Like I, I made you. What are you doing? Yeah, it's the reason Baby so. Rose got canned. Yeah, this goes back to the WWE identity crisis that I was talking about. They'll take an established star and rebrand them with whatever name they choose, so that way they can continue to use it. And when that person leaves, you know, Pete Dunne, for instance. They couldn't use that because if Pete Dunn comes to the main roster and then leaves, he can use Pete Dunn everywhere he goes. Yeah. So they changed it to Butch. Which or, shouldn't be a problem. You know what I mean? Like that generally yeah. is just like that's doesn't them holding them back if they leave doesn't make you more successful. Yeah. It goes back to the Jesse the Body stuff, man. This yes. could dates all the way back to what Jesse the Body and Vince had issues with in the eighties going into the WrestleMania when they were trying to unionize the workers and stuff going into WrestleMania too. Yeah. And uh, the, the whole story was Hogan out of the union. And that's why Vince wouldn't let the res- wrestlers unionize then. And that's going all the way back to what? 86. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, this isn't the first time that the, the trade and the, the free trade commissions, the FTC and all of that has come into these, these monetized contracts because what will what you're saying this has been the fight the whole time yeah so you're punishing me for being successful yeah you're absolutely right yeah yeah it's it's, it's bad it's bad business this, this twitch thing good business then like just holding other people back because i think it benefits them or like want to protect their ip it's bad business yeah it's, it's prote- i think it's more so just protecting the ip over anything hence like like both of you guys said hence why they force them to change their name so they yeah. can make money off of it in perpetuity. And I thank God that a lot of people rejected their original names like Stone Cold, who was going to be Otto Von Ruthless <laughs> at a point in time. Or it was like it was like Ice McFreeze or something like that was another one. Otto Von Ruthless, I'm not going to lie. Like, now that I think about it, that's, that's like perfect 1996, just ridiculous wrestling. Otto Von Ruthless fighting Razor Ramon. <laughs> the intercontinental title. So thank the God. silly man's title hosted by Doink the Clown. <laughs> that's totally 95 WWE in a nutshell. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> But yeah, so mix. It's so dumb. It's brilliant. No, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> Sometimes ideas are are dumb. Um, Autobahn Ruthless is a World War II Nazi heel. Was that is that true, Mister Fratz? Because that if that's so, that that wow. All right, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> very, very interesting. Let's move on from WWE proceedings and go talk about AEW because they're also in the news. Rumored allegedly is that AEW is coming out with another television show. How they keep on getting these, I don't know. The rumored television show is supposed to be called Collision. It's going to happen on Saturdays from 8 to 10, and it's... In the morning? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it should be. I'm, I'm actually low-key serious. They should do Saturday morning wrestling again. Oh, that would be great, but no, it's going to... Although, it, 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 the problem is, AEW like, isn't for kids. No. 
Like at no, all. not at all. So that's probably not one bit. Not one bit. The the rumored AEW show Collision two hour show from eight to ten, and it's going to be featuring what was supposed, what was allegedly reported by uh, Andrew Zarin of Matman, going to be a soft split is going to be more of a hard brand split. So AEW is splitting into a dynamite and a collision brand. And the first thing that came to mind is why the hell didn't they just give us the ring of honor? Cause that's your brand split. You had the brand uh, split. The, the answer is Warner. I think really, if from what I understand, cause I, I listen, obviously I listen to Matt man's full podcast. Cause they're the fucking best. Yeah. Um, but Warner doesn't see money in ring of honor. They don't care about ring of honor. They see more money in AEW, which I think they're correct. Um, at this point, AEW is more valuable of a name than Ring of Honor to the general public and, and growth moving forward. Buying Ring of Honor was a mistake. Buying the library was the smart thing to do. Yeah, what, what's Because you yeah. can't do that brand split because the TV deal doesn't care. They'd rather promote one business than two. Which is crazy to me, especially because a lot of ro- ro- Ring of Honor's current roster was in AEW. Like, that was kind of the reason they had well, them why, over that's there. That's why you buy the library, so you can show that footage. But you don't need to buy the actual brand, too. Yeah, well, I mean, it was you got to buy the whole thing. Look, 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 he, he can't do anything with it. He bought it. Bef- Here's the thing. He bought it not knowing what it wasn't worth. Because he was greedy. Yeah, well, he wanted it. He's a mark. I don't blame him. <laughs> say. But, like, in, in terms of the business, he, he bought something without knowing its true value. Because he can't sell it now. He can't do anything with it. It's like an NFT. Yeah, kind it's only of. Worth, it's, it's only worth something if someone will buy it. He well, the, the way I see it is that he did. He bought it and did because you know the thought was he's going to buy it and he's going to make something of it. And you were featuring ROH on Dynamite a lot of the time, yeah. and then he just put ROH back in the ROH corner. He's like, oh, we already have a streaming service. We're not going to do anything to enhance it. We're not going to do anything to make yeah. it better. It's just going to stay there. We're going to bring over some people that we don't feel can actually be on TV, Claudio Casanoli, and and say they're on ROH. You can see them if you can find them. I can find right. AEW Dark quicker than I can find anything Ring of Honor. But I think a reason he's kind of in the corner and they can do with it because no one wants it. You can't get a TV deal. Can't get a streaming deal. So what else can you do with it? It's true. What if they package it all together? What if somebody, what if, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is sitting here and they've got this ace in their pocket because they know down the road AEW is going to pocket and bring everything together into one, you know, nice, neat little blanket thing. So you'll get all of the AEW library. You'll get the Ring of Honor library. You'll get probably some form of pay-per-view streaming. Um, So you'll start picking up all of these pieces. So is this just a kind of a waiting game here? Because when it boils down to it, you're right. We know Ring of Honor is not going to get a full-time TV deal. Ring of Honor could be AEW's version of like, what NXT was when it was on the network. Mm. And then take the two networks, you you take Dynamite and you take Collision and you take this plethora of talent, this 140 person roster that they've got and you divide it out. Dark and Dynamite go together, Dark Elevation and Collision go together. Rampage is the bridge between the two and you allow some of these wrestlers to finally breathe because you yeah. think about the fact two hours of live TV and then what five hours of tapings between dark, dark elevation and rampage. 
Like and, that's not and a all lot behind of, the scenes stuff. And Ring of Honor and yeah, Ring of Honor's taped as well. But just looking at the AEW brand, though, yeah. like that's not a lot of TV time for the amount of pure superstardom they have. Yeah, no, that's true. And also, here's the kicker. Uh, the other news going on with this AEW collision, and by the way, I think with all of our minds, we should just buy AEW and just do a better job with their branding and booking. Um, but the, here's the other kicker. <laughs> collision initially is rumored to be centered around the return of CM Punk. And yeah. CM Punk is going to headline Collision along with wrestlers who also want to work with CM Punk is how it has oh, been. Like, it's how it has been portrayed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I know they they are dying to want CM Punk back, but as a uh, as well, they need CM Punk back. Yeah, but as a as a uh, probably a future host on the show, Mr. Warren Hayes said in a tweet that I highlighted for our tip of the crown. Everybody wants CM Punk back until CM Punk does CM Punk and CM Punk's everything to hell. Yeah, everyone wants CM Punk back until he's actually back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's bad. So, Will the Grey, what are your thoughts on a potential umpteenth return for CM Punk? I've said this everywhere that I've ever spoken about wrestling. I like CM Punk the worker. I like CM Punk the promo. I like CM Punk everything inside the squared circle. However, you can't get CM Punk in the squared circle without Phil Brooks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm um, waiting. I was waiting. For Phil it. Brooks is, he's proven time and time again, the indies to Ring of Honor, to WWE, to UFC, to being on the indies, to going to AEW. Everywhere he's ever been, and this is coming from, you know, uh, a, you know, a retired fuckboy. I'm a t- I used to be toxic as hell. I know these things when I see them. Like, you're not toxic everywhere you work forever, and then all of a sudden just stop being toxic. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. I, I love how you've learned from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I retired. I'm a good honest guy now. But, like, you know, straight if it facts, walks like... Though. Yeah, if it walks yeah. like a duck and it talks like a duck, you're going to call the motherfucker a duck. I'm sorry, guys. Like, call it what it is, right? CM Punk. CM Punk is just the perfect 10. He's the best. Phil Brooks is a flat-out zero, <laughs> and it averages out to a fucking zero. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, unfortunately, that's the reality. But I'll tell you what. Once CM Punk's on TV, I'm going to start tuning in again. I, I turned it off when he left. I'm going to turn it back on when he's back. That's just the way it is. I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. Because he has to headline that, that uh, UK show. He fucking has to. Maybe. He just can't be against anyone in the elite. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kenny. Maybe. I can see Kenny coming around. But definitely not the Bucks. Kenny, it'll be Omega versus CM Punk and and. In Wembley, because that's the biggest match they can give us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, put it this way, Ricky. Money can make everyone's problems go away. True. No, that's, that's very true. Especially if there's a beef. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no that, that's very true. I mean, bigger rivals have made it work. Brett and Sean made it work yes. for years. Okay, yes. bigger rivals have made it work. I'm just, I just hope Kenny's done making the video game. That's what that's what I want to know. AEW says they're done, but the 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 company says they're not. I love a good pissing. I've contest. seen I've seen the videos they come out with. They they are not done. 
They are so not like, done. like, no, 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 not done, like, done as in finish the game. AEW was like, yo, bro, we're done, oh. like, 86, the idea. <laughs> that was what they mean. But the developers are like, nah, bro, we're nowhere near done. We're going to see this through. Oh, oh, we he's, like, oh, he's like, we're finishing the game. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, they're going to hold it ransom, the <laughs> AEW Fight Forever game. And they're like, we're putting this game out, damn it. We're going to put the game it's out. Gonna be... Like, hey, do you see this contract? It's fucking signed. You're making the game. It's going to be sold on Steam well, for like five bucks. <laughs> we'll trade you the, yeah, the rights to the game for the Jaguars straight up. <laughs> yeah, the Jaguars are about to be good in like three years. Watch out, guys. Actually, they have a great I nucleus. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a b- getting better. He's got, a great, he's got a great hair. He's got a great head of hair on him. It's fucking fantastic. I'm a Titans fan, so I don't give a shit about the Jackson. Listen, you guys are gonna get a banging. You guys are gonna get a banging new stadium and potentially WrestleMania like 45 or something like that, which is in the works. Apparently, I can't wait. But your Titans got a long way to go before they're relevant. Again. I'm sorry to tell you. I'm also a UT Volunteers fan, man. Oh, I'm, I'm you were almost college cool. and NFL version of the Cubs. It's always about <laughs> this year at this point. Well, we're, we're gonna. Even the Cubs won one. We're gonna have to. We're, so, Will the Gray, you and I are gonna have to talk on the post show because uh, go Gators. Anywho, um, the other thing with AEW collision is I do have a question for. There is gonna be potentially a hard brand split, and when I think hard brand split, I'm thinking. Uh, program-specific titles. Now, do they go that far with it, including potentially a second world title? It is nothing Tony... Nothing gets Tony Khan dick harder than a new title. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. He's going to have new tag titles, new trios titles, three women's titles, a Jade title, and a world title, (laughs) and an inter-world title. It's going to be a core title, the Earth's core title. (laughs) The hottest title in the world. It's gonna wrestling. be a giant eyeball, the Illuminati. <laughs> it's gonna be the Nick Khan title. It's gonna be his dad's title. It's gonna be a Saudi Arabia title. It's gonna be a Japan title. It's gonna be the title title. It's gonna be the belt title. Breaking news right here on Kings of the Ring. Will and I just got the Will's title right now. <laughs> we title. just got go. an title. Will's title. It's gonna be a little daddy's title. bitch title. It's daddy's See? money title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck slack title. It's gonna be every- <laughs> Tony Khan loves this show. <laughs> He just loves to waste his family's money on belts. I mean, I don't blame him. Titles on titles. I love shitting on Tony Khan, but I also wish I was Tony Khan. I fucking love Tony Khan. I wish I had Tony's Khan's money. I just do cocaine and run a wrestling company all the time. You kidding me? That sounds awesome. He, like, hugs every person he signs, like, at their opening press conference. That cheesy-ass smile. He loves making announcements. I Remember remember he wasn't going to be on TV ever? He said that. Then he got one taste of TV. He's like, I'm going to be on TV all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Tony Khan because he's, he's at the level of rich where it doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't even matter what he looks like. Have you seen his hair? He hasn't cut his hair in yeah. years. It, he's at that level of rich where it just doesn't matter what he looks like, what he wears, because he's that loaded. I also love Tony Khan's pompous arrogance. Uh, if you ever look at an AEW press release, it is by, it's like, Tony Khan, owner, CEO, general manager, <laughs> and booker of AEW and ROH. Ass eater. <laughs> yeah. It's got like so But it also, on those same things, it lists everything so it's like the director of football operations for a fucking football club nobody knows anything about (laughs) my baseball analytics program that's used by the fucking triple a you know jacksonville hornets or whatever they are like 
he'll have everything you know like my second grade teacher gave me a b plus in math <laughs> like he's got the most ridiculous accolades on the press releases imaginable oh my god yeah i love tony <laughs> I, love, I love him so much because here's the thing for all of his positives and all of his flaws he doesn't get in the way Surprisingly, I really, I really don't think he gets in the way. Like, I don't think AEW would be more successful without Tony Khan. That makes sense. He's like their Eric Bischoff, except Bischoff came from wrestling. That's the only yeah. difference. Yeah, he's like Bischoff, Cornette, and Russo all in one, <laughs> depending on the day. <laughs> yeah, it just sent shivers down my spine. <laughs> like the IWC just imploded by you saying all three. It's like saying. Uh, like if you go into the you go into the bathroom, shut the light off, and you say Candyman three times, yeah, right. you say all three of those names together. It's like the Southern wrestling version of the Candyman shows up in your bathroom. They, they all they all got the friendship ring. It's like Cornette, Russo, Bischoff, <laughs> form together and make Tony. Come on, the fuck? What the fuck is this? Name that Pokemon, Tony. It's Tony Khan. <laughs> Oh my God! So yeah, AW collision probably going to happen before Forbidden Door. Allegedly, is the rumor. As per Mister Fretz, we'll see what happens with that. It's going to be a very interesting time, uh, especially if this does, if this show does come to fruition. Here's your wrestling schedule. All right, Monday. I want to hear it. So. No, we're, we're we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Monday <laughs> Night Raw and AEW Dark is on Monday. Tuesday is NXT. Uh, Dark Elevation's in there somewhere. I don't know where it is, nor do I care. Wednesday is Dynamite. Thursday is Impact. Friday is SmackDown and AEW Rampage. And Saturday would be AEW Collision and whatever WWE Premium Live event goes on on Saturdays periodically. This is bullshit, man! I know. I know. This is too much, dude. It's too much. (laughs) I I don't watch Raw as it is. How am I going to watch all of this. <laughs> How does anyone watch all of this? You, you, guys, you guys have jobs. Do you work? <laughs> I work from home, so it's fine. <laughs> it works out. I can I can DVR and watch it on on the side. True, I guess. Yeah, and I still. It'll just be one less thing that I watch. I'll just call a space. <laughs> yeah. I'm running out of time between all the indies that I watch now to keep up with my interviews. Like. I'm eventually like I already watch Impact NWA all on delay or on YouTube after the fact. Very seldom do I watch all three hours of Raw live. Like it'll just be something else I watch on my DVR after the fact and fast forward through the bullshit that I don't want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. But we are going to talk about Raw specifically. Who wore better, Wilbur Gray, Brock Lesnar, or Trish Stratus? I. uh... I'm going to go with Trish. She's everything like 15-year-old Will wanted and loved about life. And now she's everything that 38-year-old Will loves and wants about life. Just call it what it is. Um, Cowboy Brock, he he had me when he was babyface. I love the world. Fuck it. Let's wrestle Cowboy Brock. This bad boy, like man in black cowboy brock just yeah it's kind of like when garth brooks became a rock singer and changed his name that's kind of like this just isn't working for me i'm just (laughs) i'm just waiting for clint eastwood to show up and shoot him (laughs) have you ever seen westworld that's what it looks like it looks like brock lesnar is cosplaying as a cowboy nothing about the like screams real cowboy i'm gonna call him lesnar texas ranger with this look but will tarasak who wore better trish or brock (laughs) 
Like, uh, I mean, the man in me wants to say Trish because <laughs> I mean, look at like, look at them. Hang on, I got I got a sounder for yeah, it. Yeah, dude, it's second. there somewhere. Where is it? Well, there's one of them. That, that's a good one. <laughs> here's the other one. Look at that titty, though. <laughs> I mean, the man in me is just straight up well tied on that. One. <laughs> but I gotta go, Brock. Look at him. <laughs> He's terrifying. It looks great. He looks like he looks like a Red Dead Redemption Two character. Looks like a main boss. <laughs> he does. Looks like if Bill Vanderland went to the gym. He's gonna beat the shit out of John Marston at the yeah, end. John of this. Marston is pushing the fuck out of him. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "What about Sable? My horse Sable!" Like he's just he's just ready to fucking go. Look at him. Yeah. Terrifying. I love how they advertised Black. Brock was going to be on Raw, and that's as close as Brock got to the ring. That shot right there. He barely made it halfway down the ramp. It was beautiful Brock booking. Another thing about Brock, I have to send probably both of you guys this TikTok video I saw. It's I for, I don't know who it is, but it's uh, uh, this white guy, and he's like, he's like, I'm so mad. He's mad about something that happened to him. He goes, the next guy I'm going to see, I'm going to punch in the face. And then he pans to the side, and it's Brock Lesnar. He goes, God damn it, Brock. He goes, the second guy. The guys from Modern Family. Yeah. I fucking yes. love that show. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps every time. And he started the whole thing like 15 years it's ago still on going. set for a TV it's show. Still... And he does it every time he's on set with Brock somewhere. So it's been like 25 <laughs> clips of him going, I'm so pissed off. I'm going to beat the shit out of the next. Not Brock, get out of here. Brock, get the fuck <laughs> out like, of the way. The second like, guy I see, Brock. I'm going to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> And Brock has the same look every time. He's just like, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Speaking of Brock, let's move on to uh, Cody Rhodes. Not in a suit and not giving a sermon this week, but Cody Rhodes really wants Brock Lesnar badly. And for the first time ever, which I didn't think was actually a thing, but apparently it is, for the first time ever, we are going to get Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, in Puerto Rico at Backlash. This is clearly going to be the main event. Um... So what are what are our thoughts on this build? Well, the gray. Ooh. I hope that for Cody and Brock's sake, that the uh, the kids in the crowds don't talk to their abuelas and remember <laughs> that in the seventies they showed up to Puerto Rican wrestling shows and threw batteries at the wrestling. Yeah, that's true. Because if <laughs> if they show up and this doesn't go over with the crowd, I don't think Cody or Brock either one are prepared to have you know C batteries chucked in their head for Puerto Rican <laughs> wrestling fans. Dude, Brock will punch every single Puerto Rican <laughs> until the <they're dead. laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Brock's gonna fist fight every person in the crowd. That's they the might just throw card. batteries at him for f fiving back, right? Like, <laughs> like three years ago. So. Brock Lesnar versus the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. That's just what it says on the card at this point. That'll be yeah, no, that'll be great. And Cody can just start speaking Spanish if he knows any Spanish. He is, you know. Or what? Or whatever, whatever <laughs> sect of, uh, of of Spanish that Cuba, that uh, people from Cuba speak, because he does have a Cuban mother. So he'll he'll try to blend in somehow. Somehow, I can't wait for this. But the build's interesting. They're still finding a way to keep Cody hot. Brock didn't even touch a security guard during the segment, which was surprising because I saw all that security come out. I was like, oh, I really hope they're paying them double this week because Brock is about to kill all of them. But they didn't touch Brock. Brock just came out in his uh, his Texas Ranger suit, laughed at Cody, and left. He said, I can't he's quit a, you, Cody Rhodes. And then he walked off stage. <laughs> Pretty much. The best visual that happened is Cody tried to attack Brock. 
and he tried to jump in the air and like a bunch of security caught him mid-air. I was like, that's a beautiful look right there. That must have been practiced. But it was That's how he works on his topes. <laughs> it's just a bunch of people going to grab him. <laughs> yeah, the he's just got like five instead of having a crash pad, he's just got like five or six friends, like QT and those guys are like standing around. He's like, All right, guys, and it's like dirty dancing, you just see Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say somebody <laughs> needs to dub over just dub over that part of it with the dirty dancing song. I had the time of my life and he puts some in the air. <laughs> That's it. That's the move right there. <laughs> Now I have a damn song somewhere here, but the build's going to be interesting. I'm going to see who gets over in this match. Uh, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that, that because, one, Cody loves to bleed, and Brock likes to make people bleed. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect combination of Brock's going to break Cody the hard way, and that's going to be your, your lasting footage in Puerto Rico because cause they can, and they probably will. Yeah, Cody so. wins. Somehow, a bloody Cody wins. Have, tell me when you've seen that before, AEW. Uh, moving on, the other cowgirl in there, obviously Triss, going back to heel Triss. Probably the best promo I've heard from anybody in WWE in a considerable amount of time not named Cody Rhodes. Uh, what I loved about this in particular is that we know the motivation, whereas, whereas compared to Brock and Cody, we don't have a motivation <laughs> at all. Um, but I, I love Trish came and with all black in her original keel Trish pit, uh, if anybody looked back at the archives, um, and she was like, listen, I can still go. I'm the goat. I'm the reason women's wrestling is what it is today, which is arguable, but in promo wise, <laughs> yeah, arguable Trish. Uh, but she's like, I forgot what she said. She's like, I'm not your, cause I'm, I'm just like, I'm not your old person. She's like, I'm not I'm your, fa- I'm, not your I'm not your fantasy. Either. I'm like, I'm Trish, like- you, you're my fantasy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're quite literally Look the definition of though. fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a fantasy. But honestly, I, I loved it. It was, she looked like a pro through and through. Will the Gray, what are your thoughts on Trish's, uh, Trish's heel promo? Um, I think I'm in the minority here. Ooh. It's uh, usually but- me. I don't think they need the, this isn't one of those, we need the legends to stick around past WrestleMania thing. They've got a lot of really hungry women in that women's division that they could be building right now for a great tag team story. Mm. Um, And I think giving the belts to Liv and Raquel, although I think that's a terrible thrown together tag team. I think it, it's a good faith gesture that they have something coming for that division because that's obviously a transitional champion. Um, but I think right now they didn't need the the legends to stick around past WrestleMania. They've got plenty of hungry people on that talented roster, not counting your Roxanne Perez's and your Andy Hartwell's and everybody that's on the NXT side of things, which in my opinion, week to week sometimes puts together better matches than what the main roster women do. Oh, that's Not that's that's week, totally true. But, but yes, you know, occasionally you can squeak a Tuesday in there where the women on Tuesday will outshine the women on Monday and Friday. So I feel like they don't need the legends in this case. It's just kind of, uh, you know, it's the the cheap pop to put butts in seats because they know Trish and Lita will sell tickets. Oh, but I don't. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think Lita's coming back. I think Lita was taken out, and that is that's goodbye, Lita. For now, which is which is fine. Lita doesn't need to do much, but 
I'm listen. I'll watch Trish any day of the week just to see her walk down the aisle. She doesn't have to do anything in the ring. <laughs> like, just show up and then walk. back. Just show and up, look beautiful like you always have, and keep my hopes and dreams up. That's all. But Will Terrence, like, what do you think of of a return of heel Trish? The only thing missing was uh, TNA with her, Tessa Alburn. Yeah, like TNA would have been better. Um, I don't care to be honest. I don't care about Trish. Uh, I think her promos kind of suck. Uh, her cadence is just like no one talks like this old old style promo. It's that she doesn't fit this generation in terms of like her wrestling and her her heel work and her mic work. Still looks great. Don't get me wrong. And she's gonna put bus in seats. Don't get me wrong. Oh, she is. Hundred percent. Beck. I'd rather. I, I would rather have Becky wrestle Trish. It's a technically a dream match than. But isn't and is else that, in the roster because rest of the roster is isn't that where we're going? We are getting Becky and Trish. Yeah, I would say that's logically where we're about to get. Yeah, yeah, it's a dream match. That's that's a dream match. Yeah. I mean, plus Trish is retired too. It's like I don't. You're retired. You already. She's left. retired like four doing? times. That's fine. I know. It's it's just <laughs> stupid. I I just don't care for Trish. I see. It, I just got nothing. I, I see Trish and I got everything. I also love her custom 100 cents Stratus Factor shirt. Probably because I was there when. <laughs> I also like. I was pro- probably because I have a close connection. Because I was there when she debuted at the Coliseum. Because uh, she debuted at the NASA Coliseum. And she literally was a head turner. And if you remember her debut, she came out in like bright highlighter pink and like a sleeveless uh like a sleeveless duster and a pink cowboy hat and she just stood in the middle of that ramp and everybody said who the fuck is that that was her debut and the only person who knew it was was shane ironically and look how look how far shane's gone he can't even walk so we're tris yeah he's walked so far he can't walk (laughs) yeah those McMahon quads, man, they're they're notorious. My God, I can't wait till one of there's gonna like there's gonna be another McMahon. There's gonna be a third generation McMahon in WWE. Is gonna be a performer, and I can't wait to to tear the squad in the ring. It's yeah, gonna Shane's happen. Kids. Shane has three one boys. of Shane's one of Shane's boys are gonna tear her quad in the ring. It's gonna be one of the it's gonna be one of the greatest things ever, and I'm gonna win so much money. <laughs> Somebody's got a bet. Somebody's got a bet somewhere. Generation McMahon will go we'll go and tear a quad. Oh, it'll be fantastic. But let's move on from Trish and Brock and who wore it best. Who, my lord, the thick boy Bronson Reed is getting a lot of a good push. He's working with Bobby Lashley. I think there's a lot of potential in this. Well, Will Tarasuk, have you? Did you watch uh, Bronson and Bobby? I think last week. I saw. I saw clips. Yeah, it was pretty. I was like, damn, they're putting these two together. I was oh, about it. They're so much fun. Yeah, I was. I was about it. Where's Where's the right sounder for that one? Uh, where the fuck is Gabriel? Is it was meat slapping majesty. Always relevant, Kmart. <laughs> always yes, relevant. Always relevant, Kmart. If you listen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bronson Reed. I've always been a fan of a fan of the Thick Boys. Uh, whenever Bronson Reed is on TV, it is officially Thick Boy season, and. Literally, Bronson Reed might be ended up being one of the best re-signings that Triple H did once he did kind of take control yeah, of things. Yeah, Strowman and Wyatt aren't doing shit. Uh, Strowman's, Strowman's, <laughs> Strowman's babysitting Ricochet and making sure that he gets to his wedding with Samantha Irving. Uh, but when you look at Bronson Reed when he when he got he got released kind of inexplicably from NXT, a former North American champion, and he went on a tear all the way to Japan where Okada put him over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? 
one of the top five best wrestlers in the world today for the past decade, said, I'm gonna make this guy I'm gonna make this guy start trending and get him an opportunity. And that's exactly what he did. And I don't think there's a better person for him to work with than Bobby Lashley right now. Because Bobby uh, no matter what position he's in, and he's got put in a shit position when in the Andre the Giant, he's going to find a way to make this work. Will Gray, what are your thoughts on uh, on Braun Spring? Because I feel like you've covered him a lot, especially on his indie days. Uh, well, I have much love for Bronson Reed, the person. However, sadly, right now, Bronson Reed is in the Botch Bots and Chair Shots Hall of Fame. Ooh. He has me currently blocked on all social media. <laughs> <you do>? um, <laughs> I, uh, I, at first when I saw him come out and in, when he came out of the indies and into WWE, I hadn't seen a lot of his indie work yet. So when I did start watching him, I didn't see it till it was too late. Mm. So when I saw Bronson Reed in NXT, I saw a big guy who didn't know how to work and move like a big guy. And uh, as you guys have seen over the last, you know, 90 minutes or so, like, I don't really have a filter and I don't really give a shit. So Neither do we. That's, what, that's why we hey, have man, a show. <laughs> yeah. So I told him, I was like, Bronson Reed would be great if he knew how to work like a big guy. And uh, he didn't like it very much. So I've been blocked for about a year or so by him. But I've, I've since given him roses. I can't. I can't tag him or anything because he hates me. But <laughs> I think Bronson Reed over the last year or so going to Japan, doing some work on the Indies, doing some work in Mexico, he's shown that like the man can work. Um, he's still got some growing to do. He's still young. Yeah. But I mean, saying somebody's young and green isn't an insult anymore like it used to be because the, he can obviously put a match together. He can work. And people are putting him over and giving him, you know, props. So I'll give Jonah his props now. I think we should kiss and make up if he'd give me. Freds, <laughs> Freds, I, <laughs> I want to know because I don't think you've ever told us the story. What the yes, fuck? how did you get blocked by Izzy? She's a child. Like, how did you get blocked by Superfan Izzy, who, by the way, family, phenomenal people. We've met them multiple times. They've been to some of our tailgates in New York. Uh, really cool down there are people. Mom's from Long Island, ironically. But, Fritz, what did you do to get blocked by Izzy? <laughs> like, I, I really need to Like, Jesus, guys. Come <laughs> on. Like, she's a child. She's not even, she hasn't even graduated high school yet, I think. She's getting close, though. I think. I think, I think she is getting close. I've never seen... Will Tereshock mark out to an eight-year-old in a burger shop than when he saw Izzy at, what was it, like SummerSlam weekend? It was a great, it was a great picture. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, if I, let's, see if I can, let's see if I can find it on my phone somewhere. Maybe. I might have deleted it because it's a little weird. Um, yeah. Yeah, let me see if I can find yeah, it. Yeah, let's see if you can find it. <laughs> I was so excited. I still, I still the shirt. It was the Bobby Roode shirt. I, still, I wore that shirt yesterday, actually. Nice, the glorious Bobby Roode shirt. Back when Bobby was a thing and he wasn't Robert. Uh, but who knows? Maybe he'll have a glorious return. Uh, let's move on to uh, our final, our final topic, uh, and that topic is: Does anybody actually care about Matt Riddle being in the spot that he's in? Like, technically, he is semi kind of in an upper mid card slash main event because he's with Sammy and KL. But I feel like a lot of us on this show, and also uh, Matt Ritter, yep, found it. <laughs> also Matt Ritter <laughs> from Smacking and Raw, don't really care about Riddle. Like for me, at least, Will the Gray, I think Matt Riddle has lost his luster. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm on team, uh, Matt Ritter. Fuck Matt Riddle. 
I don't, it's not that I don't dislike Riddle as a person or a wrestler. I've said this for a long time. When he came into NXT, he was a badass ex MMA fighter that also was kind of a skivvy stoner. Now he is like <laughs> the burnout stoner that kind of looks like he could do MMA. It's almost like he became a caricature of himself. Mm. So I don't really give a shit about this version of Mount Riddle. Yeah, it's it's hard. He he's like um what was I gonna say? He is like uh kind of Sean Penn from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's it. <laughs> That's a good analogy for it. He's He's there because he's under contract and they have to use him for something. And he passed rehab, apparently. Good for him. Somehow. Somehow. I just, I think the, I think the luster's gone from him. It's like, I, it's kind of like Jeff Hardy for me. Like, hey, Jeff's here. Yay? <laughs> like, okay, Jeff. But I kind of view Riddle the same way I do Jeff Hardy. Are you healthy? Are you 100%? Because that's what matters in this situation more than anything. Yeah. Because if he's not healthy and he's just going to end up relapsing again, Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy, neither one, are going to get very many more chances. Riddle popped in UFC. Riddle popped in NXT. Riddle popped in WWE. Uh, and then you look at the other side of it, too. Like, these guys are uh, – Jeff Hardy's popped pretty much everywhere since high school. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get very many more chances after this, both of them. So I hope for both their sake they're healthy and ready to go because this might be the last chance either of them have. Yeah, yeah. Well, Terrence, what do you feel about the the return of Matt Riddle? The only surprise we got from the Raw after Mania. Yeah, it's just like, okay, I'm well, I'm glad he's healthy, right? I'm glad he's out of rehab. I'm glad he seems to be doing well. But, bro, you were so hot and so over and so ready for your push that you blew it. You got to win that back. Yeah. So it's just like, what do you got? Show me something. Uh, you, you gotta, we gotta win me over again. Like, sorry. Yeah. What, what's important for 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 me for Matt Riddle, obviously the the health and the the you know the, the stability. Yeah. It's in, like, in I, all I, of I remember that. Like, he was going through his shit with the Me Too thing. Like I was a fan of him. I defended him because like there was none of evidence. What have you? I still stand by that. But oh, and well, well, no, well, then Riddle kind of shit himself in the in. In the well, he kind of shit himself when he made that video denying yes. all the allegations. Like you idiot! Yeah, <laughs> he handled it very, very poorly. But it's like horrible. Yeah, I don't like. I don't don't like like. And WWE know. stood by him through all of that too. So yeah, I defended WWE for that too. And like I, but now it's just like, all right, dude, like you've had so many chances and you still fucked it up. Like, come on now. Let's be serious here for a second. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing that I think it's going to me or make or break him is Matt Riddle now has to do it without anybody to by his side to help him because the last time when he got over when he was over like Rover he had Randy and Randy might be the top ten biggest fuck boy in WWE history. Okay. Oh yeah. Randy. <laughs> yeah. Randy. Dick, if there's anything Randy, if anything you could do wrong in WWE, Randy did, and he probably did it twice. I mean, Randy is also very public about this. Randy Orton no showed WrestleMania 21's practice. Okay, you know the re- I forgot he, I forgot he the did rehearsal that. with his dad, which is one thing, but the rehearsal with the Undertaker. Okay, he missed his WrestleMania rehearsal spot with the Undertaker. And still lived to tell the story. Okay. And that was the guy that WWE said, 
take care of Matt Riddle. And Randy tried. <laughs> he tried. And, he for, and for a little bit, he did. Yeah. And then he got hurt, and then mm-hmm. he was nothing he can do. Yeah. You know, but now Riddle really now has to do it on his own because there's going to be nobody there to protect him anymore at all. Wait. I mean, hey, man, I'll give him a chance, but right now it's just like, I don't, I just don't care about Matt Riddle either. He has to use his own moveset. The guy is doomed. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's his regular finisher? Uh, something bro. It's a bro something. The bro Derek. It's like an inf- it's like a, it's a Styles Clash. Sort of modified version of Styles Clash. Yeah. That's it's right. It's a Styles That's Clash mixed with uh, Claudio's finisher or whatever. What's the neutralizer? It's a, good, it's a good finisher. He reaches through and grabs a big handful of dick. It's a Gotch neutralizer, and then he yeah. jumps on their face. Yeah, That's all he it's, does. It's, That's it's, right. uh, it's, it's the Gotch neutralizer, which is the same thing Claudio does. He yeah. should what, what they should have done, they should have just, just rebranded him. Give him a new character. Give him a new gimmick. Whew. Not a new name, just a new gimmick. It's like the, the I'm looking at that 420 bro shirt. I go, cool. It is 420 tomorrow. Like I see a 420 bro shirt. It's like, oh, they're doing this again. Yeah. It's, kind of, it's like okay, right. It needs to be a tweak. Cool. It's like oh, okay, cool, same old stoner. <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania hangover is in full effect. <laughs> Is it football yet? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Only a few more weeks. We're almost Listen, there. The draft. The XFL is still going on, and the USFL just started. There is football to be had. Um, I didn't say it was good football, but there is football to be had <laughs> in different places. But yeah, Matt Riddle, there's got to be something that's got to change with him. My concern is I don't know if he can play anything else. God, a violent coke addict would be pretty awesome, though. I'm not gonna lie, that'd be really good. I just don't think he can and play would... anything else. Serious, like he's he's not a good promo. Still, God, okay, it'd be a WWE who, who... thing too to put him in there as a violent coke addict. They'd be like, you wouldn't have to act. Anything. You'd just, <laughs> just go there and act like who, yourself. Who huh? would be his coke dealer? And tell me why it's Tazara. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tazawa wow, does Tazawa does more with less TV time. He is always his Oh my god, him making fun of Corbin was amazing. I laughed so hard. I was like, that's why you have a job, kid. <laughs> no one likes you. Ah! <laughs> and he, he does he got his paycheck. He got his paycheck. It was so good. It was so good. Taekwon says it's the LWO supplying him. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty on point right there. It's pretty topical, given you know world news. <laughs> um, or it's Tony Khan. Or it's Tony, it's Tony. Or yeah, Tony Khan. That's the swerve. That's the double turn. Nobody expect is Tony Khan is Matt Riddle's drug dealer. Listen, that's that is my. It, if they if they release Riddle, which also could potentially be possible, and he he'll show up at AEW and just be a total wreck of himself. Because Tony Khan won't be able to handle him, dude. He would he would crash so hard. Jeff Hardy would fall off the wagon with him. <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Matt Riddle in a fallen like off the wagon, wagon match, <laughs> where they're literally battling on a wagon that's being <laughs> in a falling off the wagon counts anywhere match. A Vince Russo classic. Yeah. yeah. First one to literally fall off a wagon. It's being towed by like Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs or something like that. <laughs> Remember that? Remember that the hay barrel match they had with Gold uh, Dustin Rhodes and <laughs> was in the back of like a hay truck. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> just bring that back. Oh my god! But yeah, ho- hopefully Matt Riddle 
is okay. <coughs> so that pretty much ends our show for this week. But before we end our show, I want to preview next week's show. So next week or a week from Friday, WWE is going to be doing their first night of their draft because they think they're topical and can beat the NFL. Well, I'm here to say that we are probably going to do it better. So next week... Kings of the Rings podcast, myself, King Ricky Rose, Will Tereshock, and our host Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast are going to be doing our own Kings of the Rings draft sponsored by Wrestlatic Radio, where we will be drafting Raw, SmackDown, and because there is a third person on the show next week, NXT as well. I don't know who's going to get who. We'll figure it out when we get there. <laughs> okay. So the Kings of the Rings draft is going to be our show next week where we are going to be drafting um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, fantasy style, so anybody can go anywhere, unlike what WWE is probably going to do, but anybody can go anywhere, so it's gonna, we're gonna find out who can build the best roster and let you guys decide, uh, who has the best show moving forward, so, again, myself, King Rick Rose, Will Tarasak, and Kyle from the Apron Bump, he is not Will or Yuta, we'll probably say that a thousand times, he is not Will or Yuta, but it is Kyle from the he Apron is. Bump. But he's, he's well, yeah, we'll, we'll be joining us, and uh, we'll probably have to make it a rule that Kyle does have to draft Wheel of Yuta to his show. <laughs> Just because. So we'll see what happens. But anywho, that is the end of our show this week. So first and foremost, I want to thank uh, Will Gray from Bot Spots and Chair Shots Podcast and uh, and Blog uh, to being a part of the show. You were fantastic. We'd love to have you back anytime you're available when you're not interviewing half of the indie scene. Uh, but before <laughs> but before we, we leave, is there anything that you want to plug right now? Uh, once again, thank you guys both. Uh, Ricky and Will for having me and letting me into your realm for the night and hanging out and chatting about some wrestling. I am the Will Gray. I'm the host and lead writer of Botch Spots and Share Shots. You can find us at botchbotsandshareshots.com. If you're feeling inclined to check us out live, you can see us on the Rivet City Radio Podcast Network on Twitch and YouTube. Very, very nice. Very nice. So definitely check them out. It is a fun time, like I said. Uh, Fred's did the night one recap of WrestleMania. I did the history of the European title all fun shows, um, and definitely give these guys uh, a listen to because Will Gray's always working on something. <laughs> You're always working, <laughs> always interviewing something. You you are you are a dedicated man. Uh, we're gonna have to talk to you on our post show, and I hope you stick around for the post show because I do have some Shep questions for you, and we're also gonna play a game called Am I the Asshole? Always a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will Tarasak, are you ready, sir? Let's do it. Yep, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Kings of the Rings podcast, episode number 337, The Botch Spot. We had Will Gray from Botch Spots and Share Spots podcast and blog on our show, providing some amazing commentary, even though he's a Tennessee Volunteers fan. I am your host, King Ricky Rose. You can formally find me on Ambassador Bigs across all social media outlets. Uh, find Kings of the Rings podcast at KOTR underscore podcast across all social media outlets. Like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Buy some of our fantastic merch. Some of what I'm wearing right now, the links of all of that are in the description below. If you're listening to us or wherever you listen to all of your podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast, and follow Wrestle Addict Radio's Twitter at addict underscore wrestle and everywhere else at Wrestle Addict Radio. Will Tereshock. My name is Will Tereshock. That's a T as in Thomas A R A S H. 
UK, all my shenanigans. Uh, at Talking with Tarashek, my other podcast. So many fun things happen with Talking with Tarashek. Episode 60 airs next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Russell Rhodes. He is a teacher, professor about economics. We talk about college kids and money, the economy. Uh, it might be it's interesting. Might be what you think, might not be what you think. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, that's all my shit. You know me. That's what I do. Yep. So next week's book, don't forget, we are going to have our Kings of the Rings fantasy draft where we're trying to, to rebook all three shows of WWE, Raw, SmackDown, uh, NXT. It's probably going to take up our entire show, so get ready for a lot of fantasy booking and a lot of really dumb reasoning as to why we picked the people that we picked. So until then, folks, we're going to head over to the post show, but we will see you next week, Wednesday, live here on Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Goodbye. Good night. We'll see you next week if you're not joining us on the post show. And oh yeah, one last thing. Fuck you, Slack. You'll never be drafted. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.